From the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party, this is Cuyahoga Today. I'm your host, Matt Deemer. Before we get into it, please do me a favor. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, click those five-star ratings. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a comment. Doing so gives people confidence to click on this show and have them know they're not wasting their precious time by listening to this. Today, we're talking to Minority Leader Senator Nikki Antonio, and she was part of the Redistricting Commission in drawing our new State House and State Senate congressional maps. The Senator and I have a very straightforward conversation about how these maps came to be, and she answers all my questions. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out. M-D-I-E-M-E-R, that's mdemer at kydem.com, that's C-U-Y. DEM.com. Here's my conversation about the new state house and state senate districts with Senator Nikki J. Antonio. Enjoy. Nikki Antonio, how are you doing? Welcome to Cuyahoga today. I'm good. How are you? I am excellent. It's good to see you and thank you very much. I know you've been super busy for the past couple of weeks and you're still busy. You're going to be going busy until yeah. uh, November. So thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. We are here today because of the new maps. Why are we redistricting again, Senator? Well, because um, the current system that we have, that we're living under right now, says that um, it's supposed to be a 10-year process. The uh, census is done, and then the district lines are redrawn every 10 years. That's the usual process. We have a new process that was put into place uh, last time uh, for this redistricting um, at the turn of 2020, where if there's agreement from the members of the redistricting commission, we get a 10-year map. If there's not agreement, then it goes to a four-year map. And mm -hmm. by agreement, that has to include one of the members of the minority party. So it has to include one of the Democrats. The last time around, there was not agreement. In fact, there was an agreement when it went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said that the maps that were presented by the redistricting commission were, were not constitutional. They gave them back and said, try again. Uh, they did it again. They, and it went back and forth. And finally, we were coming up on the deadline for candidates to, to file to be able to run in the next year. And in the House, we have two-year terms. So you couldn't put that on hold. It was important to get that work done. And so because the um, Ohio Supreme Court just kept saying they're not this is not constitutional, go go fix it. Instead, the last time the Republicans said, well, we disagree. We're going to go to the federal, a federal court judge and see if we can get a different decision. The federal court judge basically said, look, um, the decision I'm going to give you is you need to have some kind of a decision. I'm not drawing a map, but we're going to pick one of the maps that you've already submitted and just say, you're going to work under this for this next two year period. Come back after the election is over and you'll try again. Now you're down to eight years in total. And so that's what we were operating under right now. Um, and again, the option was if we didn't agree, we would have to come back. And people were saying in two years, the other half of the four year, or um, if we all agreed, then we're looking at an eight year map. 
And so because there was agreement from both Democrats, I believe what we've just passed is an eight-year map. There's one okay, so, caveat. Right. So that, that's the caveat that I want to talk about is we okay. have uh, Chief Justice, uh, former Chief Justice Maureen O'Connor. She is passing around an amendment, constitutional amendment, that's going to try to get wording correct and then get signatures uh, to make this gerrymandering process uh, out of the hands of elected politicians and put it into mm-hmm. an independent um, body. Uh, if right. that gets passed, people are confused. They're like, uh, is this going to be overturn what we just did here? Or is this going to be an eight-year map and then go into the Constitution? Do you have any insights right. on that? Yeah, my understanding from everything I've seen, including um, what uh, Chief Justice O'Connor and the team that she's working with have laid out uh, in front of us, is that that ballot initiative would be on the ballot next year Um, Part of the language of that initiative says that their work would be done so that the maps would go into effect in 2025. That would um, supersede anything that we have in place right now, because that would be the point where the new process would start. And yes, these maps that we're under right now would be superseded by the work that they would do um, in drawing independent, having an independent commission draw the maps. And so when that independent commission drew the maps, again, we'd finish out um, until the end of the 2020s with the map the independent commission drew. And then we'd start that process of every 10 years with the next census in 2030 and going from there. There's another caveat, though. Um, yeah. if, if, if I'm correct. So there's, okay, you went with um, Lita Russo and bipartisan with the five Republicans and the two Democrats, you yourself and Lita Russo uh, agreed on these maps. One caveat is that there could be this independent commission passed, amendment passed by uh, Justice O'Connor and everybody trying to get that out of the hands of politicians. That could supersede uh, what you just did. But the other thing that everybody's wondering about as well is that this could be just um, an, kind of, what is it? They said like a footnote of last maps to draw to another four years. And then this might not be a, an eight-year map just because of that, the way that that process went out. Is that correct as well? I don't believe that to be true. I, I really okay. believe that what we have in front of us, because we followed the rules that were set out to the best of our ability. Um, you know, again, everything is always up to interpretation in our in our legal system. But my my belief is everything that I've been told by the legal experts is that what we just voted on, because the two of us joined our Republican colleagues, is it's an eight year map, unless something changes with how we do this whole process, and there's a ballot initiative to overturn it. Understood. What is the difference between this process this time and the process in the last um, redistricting? Was was there a difference in process? Well, sure. There was a difference in interaction between the members. We used the same, you know, we were under the same process. We were the same goals. But I think there was a willingness on um, all sides to sit at the table, which we did. Um, And we always, by the way, I'll just say we always followed the sunshine rules. So there were never more than three members of the commission in a meeting at any time uh, together. I think there was a willingness to try to find 
some places where we could negotiate, where we could agree uh, to make some changes that were not as extreme as they would have been had we not done that. And I'll just say that for people who, I know people are confused. I know people thought we were just supposed to dig in and say, no, 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 and wait for this ballot initiative to come. First of all, there's no guarantees. We don't know what'll happen. Another COVID, another, we don't know what'll happen. So for myself, I'll just say that I was doing the best job the most responsible job I can do with the cards that I was dealt with what was in front of me, serving in the deep minority, but fighting for the opportunity to have more uh, democratic voices, which just by design would mean we would have more fair representation because right now it's so out of balance. And in order to do that, we had to sit and negotiate and try to find some common ground. It's difficult when you're negotiating from the minority seat. Um, right, right. But I also knew if we didn't, that that map, you know, people are saying, well, is this a better map? We'll see. I believe it is. There are more opportunities for us on this map than there were in the previous one, which, by the way, was not even a discussion point that we'd go back to that or stay with that. And the map that the Republicans had introduced as the working map was absolutely worse. I was at risk um, and I was told in no certain terms that um, the Democratic caucus in the Senate could have very easily gone down to six members. We have seven right now. And again, this isn't about trying to save somebody's job. This is about trying to have representation and the voices of the people in the state of Ohio come into the legislature. This is every time we debate a budget issue or um, any kind of legislation, we need to be able to have all sides in the conversation. And so it was not, um, it was not an option to me to actually see us be reduced in number. Can I ask you about the, you said all sides in the conversation. And I think that one thing that a lot of people are talking about is that there were public hearings on maps that were released last week. Um, people were going off this assumption that, okay, right. we kind of know where the lines are. Let's go to Punderson State Park and talk about these lines. Let's make mm -hmm. our uh, objections heard on the left and the right. The right came out and said, you know what, Seven Hills is in you know, a Republican stronghold. Why is it drawn into a Democratic difference? Right. So, so people were coming out on both sides, going like, "We don't like these maps." The maps that were passed bipartisanly was not the maps that were held in those public hearings. Can you tell us about that process and why that happened? Well, because the maps that were in those public hearings were the ones that the Republicans, um, Leader Russo, and I voted no that that was our working, uh, the working map. But that was the map that the Republicans had presented and brought in. That's the reason why their map was the one in there. We had voted no on that. We had introduced a map of our own that really gave more balance and um, we thought was much fair, did follow all the rules that um, and guidelines that are there right now. And they rejected our map, um, voted on theirs. And then the final map is, yes, it's very different. We worked off of their map and had to because that was part of the 
that's part of the process is we had to work off the map they presented as the working map. And then we made changes to that. We, we negotiated those changes. And look, it was a very truncated, uh, compressed period of time, not optimal. We should have had weeks and actually months, not days to do this. Um, but again, we were not calling the shots. We recommended, we suggested, but at the end of the day, uh, we did not have all of the power to make those kinds of changes. We actually added um, the one session that was done in the evening uh, was something that Leader Russo and I pushed for uh, to try to make open up the process at least to people who uh, worked in nine to five and would have some time. Um, there were there were definitely problems. We we uh, had one of the hearings on uh, Jewish over Jewish holidays, um, and it was brought to our attention. Members of the commission apologized again. Leader Russo and I said, you know, how about we exchange that for other days? They were we did not have the majority vote to do that. Did you, and just going back to these maps that were passed, again, we you did public hearings on the, the maps that were introduced by the GOP. Uh, they voted. You said no. The new maps were passed pretty quickly. Did you guys ask, uh, you and Leader Russo asked for a public hearing on the new maps? I, I guess what I'm asking is the feedback that I got was a lot of people were wondering, like, why wasn't that public feedback yeah. again asked sure. for? Right. We Oh, we, we asked for it. it um. Basically, we were outnumbered in in the in the members of the commission who are also from the Republican Party. Um, basically, said nope, this is how we're doing it, uh, and there was there was no leeway for that for the time frame for an additional hearing for for any of that. Yeah. Understood. Understood. Okay. Now I want to talk about the strategy. And I know we're running out of time here. And I appreciate you being very patient with me with all my questions. The previous maps were passed and they gave a 57 to 42 GOP majority. The GOP during the 2022 election then picked up 10 seats that were, I don't know if expected or unexpected. This maps that you you um, agreed to or was bipartisan. I know again there was a majority GOP five to two, so agreeing is more of a. I understand. I understand what's happening in, in the negotiating room, but these maps are sixty one to thirty eight in the state house. Is it possible that they pick up another ten seats and it turns into seventy one instead of sixty seven? What was the strategy behind this? No. Um, the straight, well, and uh, let me go from um, the smaller numbers in the in the Senate, because, but um, we'll carry over to the House as well. Um, first of all, you have to start from the existing map, the map that we're working, that we're operating under right now has been inflated every time the discussion gets made. The map that I'm uh, operating under, the Republicans said, the people said after they did that map um, two years ago, they said the possibility was there for 14 Democratic seats out of 33. I have seven seats. There is no way under this current map that we're under that you could get to 14. But what you can do on paper is manipulate the numbers and move things around and make it seem like that's possible. But Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell Mm -hmm. you under that map, it's not possible. So 
under the map that we, that Lita Russo and I agreed on, I do believe there is a path to 10 in the Senate with the possibility in two years of, again, competitive seats where we could pick up two more. And then there's a third that's up for grabs. It might be competitive. So conceivably, I could be looking at, we could be looking at the Democrats in the Senate in, in, a, in one, in two cycles, could be looking at the possibility of 13. 13 is a magic number in the Senate because it breaks the supermajority. When we break the supermajority, if we have 13 members, we could stop emergency clauses from going forward, which means that a bill goes immediately into effect instead of waiting 90 days. And we could also stop a veto from the governor. Those are big things. Uh, not to mention the fact that you have more people voting. Um, there's more opportunity to to really make compromises and to get bad things out of bills and good bills pass forward. So, and the same is true in the House. Uh, Leader Russo is looking at the possibility of 40 plus. Um, there's a path for her to 40. That right now in the map she has, and she has 32 members. There is not a path. For her to get to 40 right now. Understood, understood. So basically you're looking up to pick up a couple more seats in to buy some time to hopefully get something happening uh, when it comes to an independent uh, redistricting commission in two years or so. Yes, yes, because no one in Ohio has served well if all we would do would be reduced again. Uh, that would not serve anyone well. And we're in a deep enough minority now um, we need to work on everything we need to work on day to day right now. And I felt a very extreme responsibility to do the best that I could do for the people of Ohio today as we have an eye on tomorrow. Last two questions. I'm going to put them all in one because I, I, I know you got this. Um, and I just want to say uh, thank you very much for your time. Um, also, I want to say thank you for all the skepticism and cynicism when it comes to the questions because this is what a lot is on a lot of people's mind. We've been talking, we've been hearing it on the news and so on and so forth. Uh, so I, I think asking these questions to get basically straight from the senator's mouth is the best way to do this. Um, two questions. Justice O'Connor has been very critical of the yes. bipartisan nature of these maps. And because of that, maybe maybe because of that criticism that has bled over to the media, that's bled over to a lot of people, mm -hmm. and that says that the Democrats within the Senate, um, Senator uh, Antonio, yourself, and Leader Russo, capitulated. You gave up. What would you say to that criticism? And then what <laughs> would you say to people, what would you want them to do going forward? Giving up could be, that could be no further from the truth. Giving up would have meant not voting, not doing anything, not having a conversation and watching um, the, the bodies in both chambers just be reduced more and more and more um, and taking away those democratic voices. That was not the answer. To the contrary, we were in there fighting for our lives and fighting for the people in the state of Ohio for their voices to be heard. And frankly, I agree with Justice O'Connor this was a bipartisan gerrymander. Absolutely. We should not have been sitting in a room and talking about um, designing districts based on who's representing them. The people deserve to have districts based on the best representation for them, uh, groups of commonality, 
how those lines need to be drawn, but not whether Joe Smith is gonna be their senator or their uh, House of Representatives. That's why this system, we tried it, it's still broken. We need a new way to do this. I am 200% supportive of us having a ballot initiative, taking all of this decision-making out of the hands of politicians and people that are elected who can't be objective and putting it in the hands of an independent commission like our brothers and sisters in Michigan did and having a system that's much more fair and that's based on the voices of the people um, having those districts drawn based on the voters, not based on the people running for office. I am 200% in favor of that. Senator Antonio, I wanna say thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party's podcast, Cuyahoga Today. Tune in next week for our latest show and find out all of the latest information that's happening right here in your community. Show your support by going to www.cuydem.com and make a contribution. Do you have any questions about the show? Is there a topic you want us to cover? Or is there someone you want us to interview? If so, you can reach out to me at M-D-I-E-M-E-R at C-U-Y-D-E-M.com. That's M-Demer at Kydem.com. Thank you again for joining our podcast. Until next week.